Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast on the internet because I am a glutton for punishment, and I like to record these in my free time. I don't have free time. Just, just don't be kidding yourself. Anyway, let's talk about the title sponsor of the podcast. Go fast, don't suck. Check over uh, gofastdon'tsuck.net. Bill Duda's got everything you might need. He's got the hurtful memes on the internet. He's got uh, banners for your matches. Um, he's got new banner material that's mesh, and I really enjoy it actually. So you can see the light coming through it. You can see shooters behind it. Yet you still get that nice visual effect of your logos for your sponsor. So check them out there. Dry fire targets, hoodies, hats, whatever. Go check them out. Go fast. Don't suck.net. Tell them Manny sent you move on with your day without further ado. We've got a, a great show today with you. We've got the area three director, Mr. Scott Arnberg. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing good, Manny. How are you? I am fantastic. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Scott and I met a couple weeks back at the Michigan sectional where, uh, Scott, uh, I guess, no, you didn't get a choice. I squatted myself with you, and then that was the end of the <laughs> <laughs> I got to see you at your finest as a match director. Yeah, or, or my uh, right before breaking points. <laughs> uh, well, that too. Um, yeah. It's uh, the, the only good thing out of that whole situation is, is I realized that it's not just me that uh, my performance suffers greatly trying to be a match director and a uh, competitor. Yes, and I will never try to shoot on that day again. I will now forever shoot through. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the last. So I've, I've run the, I've run Andrew Smith and I have run the Iowa sectional for the five last five or six years, and I don't think I've ever shot it after the first year. Um, my performance was so poor uh, that I just it just wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I and I talk to people before and after. They're like, "Oh, you got to shoot it," or like specifically, I talked to Leif Kunkel, and he's like, "Yeah, man, all the work you put into it, you you have to shoot it." Like it's so I did, and I work. I I don't regret shooting it. I regret shooting it when I did. So right, right. Well, so hopefully think... you you have better luck than I do. I've never been able to truly disconnect from the management side uh, and and really focus on the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I was happy. I performed to my classification at a major match, so I was happy. Oh, well, there you go. You did better than I did. Typically, I'm 20 to 30% below uh, my normal. But but I will say, it does depend on who shows up. That That's for sure. Yeah. And you've, you've got some spicy heat out there in Area 3. We do. We do. Uh, we've got a local GM that kind of takes everybody to the woodshed every week. And so it's nice to, to measure yourself against. Now, who's that? GM? Craig Tappy. Oh, OK. I know who he is. Yeah. I don't know him, but I remember the name. Craig Tappy's a great guy. Very humble, uh, but a, a heck of a shooter. Yeah. He just cleans the he just cleans the, the scoreboard with all y'all. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I think he was 20 percent over everyone on Tuesday. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah. Well, Scott, well, I mean, he, go ahead. Well, he's he's been top, uh, top fifteen for sure, and I think top ten at yeah. nationals. Oh, yeah, that, that's impressive, and and that's the nice thing is that they're they're not just the local hot dog; they are actually nationally competitive. Yeah, and I think yep. that's 
I, I wish all GMs were like that because sometimes they can they make it on ma- the local club day, but when it comes to a major or nationals, they crap the bed. I think kind of the cool thing, and not to not to tangent off too much, is you know I've been in been in this game here locally for 18 years, and he was here when I started, uh, and it's uh, interesting to see him go through, uh, you know, finish school, uh, you know, start a career, um, and really kind of grow up around us. It was uh, it's it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I, I like seeing that next generation. We have uh, one of our junior shooters now that just got accepted to West Point, um, and that's uh, pretty cool to see him. Uh, move from high school into, uh, you know, get accepted into the military college and he'll leave in June. Oh, that is impressive. Yeah. And then when they come back from leave on leave, they'll, they'll just murder you at a USPSA match. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much practice time he'll have uh, at West Point. Uh, that's true. That's true. Well, Scott, so people get to hear best banter for a few minutes, but some people, I mean, they don't know. They know your name, but they don't know who you are. So, sure. who is Scott Arnberg, and how did you get into shooting? Sure. So, I grew up in Iowa. Um, I started as a hunter. Uh, I did deer hunting, small game, upland game, uh, and lots of shotgun sports throughout high school. Uh, a good friend of mine ran, and I ran a trap line for a while, and then uh, I got my first job out of uh, my first career. I was a. Uh, I did X-ray. Uh, I took that. I went to, to a two-year school straight out of of uh, high school. Uh, it was one of those. Uh, mom gave me the opportunity to either get out or go to school, um, and I was lazy, so I went to school. Um, did that. Uh, moved to Atlantic, Iowa. Uh, it's a very very small town, a few thousand. Um, it was not a uh, for a twenty-something year old. It was not a target-rich environment. Um, so I then relocated and went to, back to Sioux City, uh, went to college, so studied medicine, decided that was not a fit, switched over to finance, um, and uh, got here in Des Moines, got married, uh, met, met my wife, my stuff moved, and six, eight months later, I moved after I got a job here, and I shot, uh, bought my first pistol, I was probably... I don't know, 24, 25, and I shot an IDPA match uh, with uh, with a guy that uh, I don't think shoots anymore. Uh, but I, I remember it was it was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. This is way more fun than than standing and poking holes in paper. And so I did that for a little bit, and then I uh, found out about a, a USPSA match, uh, and that would have been probably 19 years ago. And here I am today. Um, I was uh, started shooting USPSA. My the with the first the only gun I owned it was a Sig 220 with eight round mags in production and 45. That was uh, yeah that was painful, uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, next thing I know, I was uh, an early adopter of the Canyon Creek uh, XD with the sunken Bomar. Uh, you know where we kind of pushed the pushed the envelope of what it was allowed in production. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's the XD before it was made by Springfield or imported by Springfield. That's uh, when it was just imported from oh. Croatia. It was before it, before the M. So it was the XD five inch tactical. It's still a great gun. I've got them. Um, but uh, one of the first polymer guns long time ago. 
now uh so fast forward um we the only club was in osceola it's about a 45 minute one-way drive got involved with a, a local isaac walton league that had a, a single rifle pistol bay and we started a steel challenge club there was about a half a dozen of us a dozen of us and we did that for a year and then we switched over and started running uspsa and we would run three stages uh in a single bay um and it was kind of interesting uh, it was a big bay but uh that was kind of humble beginnings um we did that for several years grew the club um 2012 we we moved 33,000 cubic yards of dirt and built four more shooting bays uh, and then from then we've just kind of blossomed to today uh, the, the the home the club club the the host club has uh, has went from when I first started less than 200 members to now we have over 800 members um, you know we have million dollars in assets um, and uh, I, I'm still on the board there leading uh, the the vision to uh, the, the town is about two and a half miles from us and getting closer every day Um the we're nice and close we're probably we're 20 minutes from the down from the des moines metro um but that still leaves us in polk county which has been very interesting for building permits and ordinances and a great example is we have a quarter mile of privacy fence because our uh gravel drive is closer than 75 feet to the property line and the cornfield is very offended by that gravel <laughs> so that uh thirty thousand dollar fence that we had to build uh we could not get a variance on because the cornfield is offended by how close our gravel drive is to our property line that darn corn how dare it be offended i know <laughs> i know it's terrible so well and, i mean and, it, it... And then the then the USPSA club grew up, and now we are number three in Area Three Mission Count every year. Um, we run a uh, a weekly USPSA match every Tuesday night. Um, this year, our numbers are finally coming back. Uh, last week or this week, uh, yesterday, even with uh, twenty mile hours, twenty mile an hour sustained winds and forty mile an hour gusts, we could not put a popper out no matter what size forward falling rear falling we could not put one out it was so windy we still had 38 people uh and a, kind of a unique situation um we do set up day of so i usually arrive at the facility about three o'clock um and over the years we've built custom trailers to hold all the props you need to build a a single a single large field course and so I drop one of those trailers on each of the four bays that we're going to have stages on. And then people show up and I guide them and get the stages built. We shoot them, we tear them down. So yesterday I hit the range at three o'clock and I was in my truck with everything put away and scores uploaded by 730. 38 people shot. That's impressive. Three squads, I'm assuming, or do you go to four squads? Three squads three squads it, it was down the week before usually the number for in my mind the number for a, an ideal squad is 10 or more mm -hmm. uh, i would rather have 12 than eight 
Because mm-hmm. you've always got the four people who yep. aren't necessarily affecting the reset. Correct. Correct. And last week, uh, this week, we did a uh, one of the new 2022 classifiers that's multi-stage or multi-string. Uh, so one of our bays is 35 yards wide and 35 deep. And so we usually do two small stages there, but because we had a multi-string stage, uh, I opted just to do the four stages instead of five. Um, so typically at those matches, I try to look for two field courses, a medium course and two short. Uh, I'm a, a very, uh, I dislike uh, I, well, actually, that's not how to, the better way to say it is I like the way IPSC does it in dictating uh, match construction, where it's uh, for every long course, there's two, I think it's two mediums and three shorts, or there's some ratio that you have to have. Mm-hmm. I like that variety. Uh, I think a short course can bring a lot of different challenges. You won't necessarily win a match uh, on a short course, but you can sure lose it. Oh, 100%. That, that is definitely a true statement about plenty of stages I have to shoot this weekend. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I get there early enough that I typically build a, a little more complex stage that is um, a little harder difficulty. So the, the one last night had a, a swinger at 18 yards activi- activated by a, a stop box uh, that you had to advance up range to get to. Uh, the shooting area was kind of a T. Uh, and then as you move through the shooting area, there were 10 different targets that, that you could see some from only a single positions, but several of them you could see from multiple positions. So you had to remember, what have I already shot? Mm-hmm. You know, there, that That's a way that I like to make a stage more difficult without penalizing the competitor. The, you know, the, the penalty, so to speak, are the extra rounds fired in the extra time. It's not like throwing a no shoot on there and having headshots or lots of lots of hard cover that that impose a true penalty. Um, you know, the competitor, especially your newer competitor, be like, "Oh man, I shot that one four times." Oh, but if you throw them out there and they're like, "Oh man, I smoked that no shoot three times." Oh, that's such a hard shot. I'm discouraged. A lot different feeling. You, you send you send your newer competitors away with a different a different feeling. Um, you know, that's one of the things I've done throughout the years in, in managing my clubs is a, periodically I'll go back through the registration because we were an early adopter for practice score. So I think if I pull up our club and I will here just a second, because now I'm curious. <laughs> We've run all the USPSA matches through a single club. <laughs> and so when we go into practice score, we can see that history and say, hey, how many matches do we have? Um, So our primary club, 405 USPSA matches. So I would say I have been RM or match director for 95% of those. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing one, you're doing a Tuesday night match every week, plus what, one local a weekend or sorry, one weekend match a month? Primarily just the Tuesday night matches. We'll throw in a weekend here or there. Uh, and then our sectional, uh, we do every year. Uh, there's other clubs that could do it in Iowa, none that really want to. Uh, I make it available. I work with our section coordinator. Um, I had done that job for 10 years, uh, but now I've Jason Ross has taken that over. 
um, to see if anyone else wants to do it. Um, and so far, no one has really shown an interest. There's a, there's about three clubs that could host it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and your club's interesting. You've got the five bays that you can put a 10 or 11 stage match on the ground. For... 11, 11 plus chrono normally, yes. So we, we will pair up uh, a either a, a field course, a long field course, you know, 20, I, I define long as what, 28 plus, mm-hmm. and a short course, sometimes a stand and shoot, standards like. Um, and then some of the base will have two medium courses. And then we have a, a kind of a, a tail berm uh, that's an L-shaped that we, we put a, a standard shoot in and then I pair that with chrono um, and I purposely put the stage on the very south end and chrono kind of on the north end. So you shoot the fast stage, you walk, you chrono, and that's about the same amount of time it takes another squad to shoot two bays. Uh, so it, barring weather, uh, for our sectional, we'll start shooting around 8 and we're typically done by 3.30 or 4 with a 40-minute lunch break. Um, we've got a great uh, relationship with a couple with a local restaurant just down the road, so they come in and they make fresh food to order. Uh, there's no sandwich boxes. There's, it's, uh, you know, last year I think staff got lasagna. Um, then it was hamburgers, hot dogs, brats one day, pulled pork. Um, they just had they have a different menu. Um, the only comment there is, man, did COVID make all that expensive? Whew. Oh yeah, like food costs, wood costs, everything, every cost. Yeah. Up. Yes. Yes. Well, we we saw that across the board. Um, clay birds went up uh, about forty percent, um, and we have a very active clay target program. We throw. Um, I think I figured it up when when all four of our trap teams are going, we're throwing twenty thousand clay targets a week. Oof. That's yeah. Those are some birds. Yep. So each uh, a semi holds twenty three pallets, and we shoot three semis worth a year. That's that's that's. Well, I, I, I say we. I have a trap gun, and I have money on my cards to shoot trap. But I think that's my when I'm too crippled up to run for USPSA, and I don't want to shoot steel game. Mm-hmm. Shotguns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I although they're, go ahead. It, it's fun, but they're a little laid back for me. They do a lot of more coffee drinking and talking than they do shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can say that for I can see that for sure. Like for our shotguns, like you've been to the club. There's those nice, you know, yep. um, sporting clay stands that they all shoot at. Um, it's kind of weird when you drive back to go to the, the event or events bays, like, uh, like we're going to go set up and the, the shotgunners are there and we're just driving the speed limit. They always give you this weird look. I'm like, they're like, where the hell you go? I'm like, I'm not a shotgunner. <laughs> we're going to the fun stuff. You guys have a really nice facility. I, I was impressed. That was my first trip. Uh, I look forward to, if you keep running that in April, that was my first major this year. See, and that was the interesting part. Like I was very nervous about it being in April because it's Michigan in April. Like it, it's, it's definitely, it was not intended to be in April, but it worked out fairly well for, for the Saturday shoot. Uh, the competitors on Sunday, uh, they got drenched a little bit. Uh Oh, did I lose you? Only, Scott? only one person came with me. It was great. It sprinkled on us just a little bit at the end. Oh. Nope. Nope. Can you it's hear me? Inter- yeah, I can hear you. 
I got a warning that my internet was unstable. That's okay. I'll fix it. Ugh. But it's okay. But yeah. Um... Yeah, they were worried about the lake effect snow. It was fine. We got a little bit of rain right at the end. It was uh, kind of fortuitous, actually. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't bad. Um, Sunday was a little bit more rain, but uh, we got we got through it okay. Um, yeah. Most competitors did not like that I didn't use waterproof targets, but. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sold on them. Um, uh, you know, you've got to use different targets, different, different pasters. Um, they double your cost on targets uh, like alone. Well, it's good. Well, I actually, I don't know where they are now because, you know, if you, I think I priced the other day at shooters connection, uh, the regular targets, by the time you add in shipping are up to a buck almost. Yeah. I think I looked at it the, like, I think I looked at it and I want to say they were, for a, you could buy a hundred targets from Shooters Connection for the price you could buy fifty waterproof targets. Yeah, yeah. So they're twice as expensive. All right. Yeah, they're they're twice. Yeah, they're twice as much. Mm -hmm. So I I actually work a deal. Um, uh, ha we have a a forklift and a concrete floored shelter with uh, our our barn with pallet racking. Uh, so I just ordered. Um, 4,800 IPSC targets and 1,600 USPSA targets and 20 cases of paint and I'm getting it delivered I think for $400. That's not bad. Um, you know, so if, you, if you're in the Midwest and you can find a speedy delivery that delivers to you, that is the way to go. Um, you know, you can get, you just work with your your target whole, uh, supplier, and we've used law enforcement targets out of Minneapolis before, and you just tell them, and the, they put them on a pallet, uh, loose-packed, wrap them in plastic, Speedy picks it up with a forklift, and they show up, and we take it off the, the semi in a forklift, and, um, you know, it's it, the shipping is the killer. Uh, so I think I, I'm ending, I'm ending up at like 65, 68 cents a target. Uh, and then I will, uh, resell at cost to the clubs in the state, uh, so that then they can, uh, enjoy that savings. Um, and it's just one, one way I, I try to help promote the sport in the area. Mm -hmm. Well, and especially helps. I mean, we, tr I think we, as a section have tried to do that where we've, someone would buy targets or we do a bulk order. It's like somebody who has the mate, who has the sectional will be like, okay, I'm buying targets. You need to let me know what you need so then I can order it, but then you're on the bill for whatever you wanted. Yeah. But uh that the targets have definitely gone up and yep. it's it's unfortunate because some clubs just really can't afford the extra cost because they don't bring in a lot of shooters, so their budget is a lot less than some other clubs. Well, I I would argue it's it's not their volume of shooters, it's they're pricing it wrong, right? And it's just you know, so I'm, I'm a numbers guy and I know what it, what it costs for every shooter. So I know right now my cost, um, pre this last round of increases was about $4 and 80 cents per competitor, assuming a, uh, what I think I assume 14 targets on an average stage by the time you throw in no shoots. Um, and I know now that, uh, and that that's 480 if you shoot a classifier, it is a uh, dollar fifty less if you don't have a classifier, but we typically have a classifier every week 
Uh, it, it seems like I've always got someone either changing divisions or a new person. Um, and uh, our, our club, you know, culturally pushes USPSA membership pretty hard. Um, you know, if I were to look at, uh, well, I just today, I uploaded uh, the scores from this week, 38 competitors, one person didn't have an active or didn't have a USPSA number. So now could there be a couple expired people? Maybe, but 37 people at least had been a USPSA member at one point if they were not currently one. Mm -hmm. Well, that's still uh, impressive. I mean, yeah. we, I think, I think most people, at least in my area, well, I shouldn't say area because I can't speak for the whole area, at least in my section, there's a lot more members than they're non-members, but if right. they're not members, they become members. Right. Yeah. Well, I have a handful of people that, uh, that they don't care about classifications. They, they don't care. They don't travel to level twos. So they don't really see a point in joining. Uh, a couple of them have just joined guess their primary love is three gun and three gun nationals is in force lake so they joined in advance of that uh so that they were ready to go for nationals that's nice especially since yeah. they're able to get into nationals it's not like oh i want to go to carry optics nationals i'm sorry it's full <laughs> yeah yeah um and i i think there's some that is uh HQ is very aware of that, um, and I think Jake has some great ideas on how to help fix that. And so expect uh, expect uh, news from them at uh, from us some point in the future on that. That that is is a pain point. Um, I, I know there's a desire there to have everybody that wants to shoot uh, a nationals the opportunity to shoot a nationals. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's one of the things that makes our sport special. Um, you know, I, I explained it to someone one time, you know, if you're a swimmer and you like to swim, that you have about zero chance of every share in the pool with Michael Phelps. Right. Uh, yep. Right. <laughs> but, it, you know, in our sport, you could share the range with Max Michelle and JJ and uh, and, uh, you know, all the, the, the famous people, um, you could share the range with them. You're obviously not going to shoot at their skill level, um, but you could you could compete in the same event. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I. Yeah. So. Fun fact is I, I was actually a swimmer and I did get to compete against someone of Michael Phelps's caliber, uh, but it was only for a few short years until he actually got out of high school and then went on to the Olympic trials. And yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I swim in hot tubs. They're kind of small. I don't know how you do that. I mean, uh, well, that that's the closest thing I do to swimming. I mean, yeah, just uh, yeah, I don't know. I remember my thing yeah so th that's true <laughs> i could just imagine you and um andrew just chilling in a hot tub after the match it's like <laughs> oh easy easy <laughs> easy it's like oh this is relaxing but it's like oh we gotta drive tomorrow <laughs> yeah oh boy that was a uh, quite an interesting drive home that storm was no joke yeah yeah we, well we we went back we showered and we left and I got back to town. I dropped him off. It was about one in the morning and I had just dropped him off. And my daughter messages me, Hey, after prom's over, who's going to pick me up? I'm like, I'm on the way. <laughs> it worked perfect. That, that is perfect then. But, uh, Lord, Lord have mercy. You're, you were gone on prom weekend. <laughs> yes. Yep. My, my wife, uh, took one for the team and she did prom weekend. It started on Friday with hair, with nails and petties. 
and went all the way through Friday night into Saturday and Saturday night, and I picked them up Sunday morning. So I have a, I have a 16-year-old daughter, uh, a 15-year-old son, and then I have a 16-year-old foster girl right now, too. So my house, uh, the, the drama occasionally runs a little deep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, just like, I ain't got no views. <laughs> Leave me. <movie. laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm really impressed. Like, I know Joel, I, I've listened to you a couple times with Joel or yep. even, even before, like he'd talk great, him and Cody Axon would talk about the Iowa match and how great it would run. And, and it's, it's nice to see that one, you, you put on a phenomenal match in only five bays. Like I, I if someone around here tried to do that, they'd be insane, but you, you figured it out because you just figured it out. Yeah. Like, was the first well, year rough or did you like, did you hit the ground running with a really good plan? Uh, I, I, I don't think anyone would believe me if I didn't tell you the first year was rough. I mean, there's, we've run a, yeah, the, the first year was rough. Um, and, but you know, now that we've done it for five or six years and we've got, 400 matches under our belt um you know we've got a little bit of practice uh, that doesn't count the steel challenge or we we host the idpa state match pretty much every year also um and that's kind of a fun event so the the idpa state match staff shoots on friday the main match is saturday and then on sunday we convert all the stages over to uspsa stages and we shoot what's called a cleanup match so you get to shoot a 10 stage match for $10 and the cost, uh, part of the cost of shooting the match is you got to help tear down. And so you get a, a 10 stage sectional level match for a dollar, a dollar a stage. Um, and because tear the down already made their money because the, the club's already made. Well, so we have a little different thing, right? So our club has 800 members. Uh, it costs uh, 200 $200 a year to be a member. Um, the, to to say that they don't pay the bills would be will, would be wildly inaccurate. So there is the expectation that practical shooting has to be profitable, but we don't have to be wildly profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of our mission as an Isaac Walton League is to bring people into the outdoors. Uh, we choose to do it through shooting sports. Uh, and so it's also part of our nonprofit mission to hold events like this, to build the shooting sports as a whole. So it gives me the advantage of, you know, I have a set prop budget every year. Um, you know, so this is our 10th year of operation. You know, my prop budget is varied between five and 10 grand a year. Uh, uh, we've got about all the toys we need. Uh, if you think about it, we've, we probably have it somewhere in the, we have the 40 by 60 barn. And then I have three 40 foot connexes, uh, no two 40 foot connexes, all full of practical shooting props. And we have 18 plate racks. That's a lot of plate racks. So we've run, we absorbed. And uh, when ammo gets a little more uh, reasonable, we run a, a falling steel match that's all plate racks, um, and we can put out 15 stages at a time. And it's not everything is round. Mm-hmm. You know, there's letters, there's numbers, there's bowling pins, 
there's donuts. Uh, try shooting a donut plate. Okay. <laughs> so, you, pe- so people who want to miss the calibration zone will obviously hit the donut really well because they can't hit the calibration zone. Right. Um, and it's uh, sometimes I've seen that match turn into accuracy through volume. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a uh, big dog steel is that match. And I, I'm hoping it will come back. We tried to have it in. So first year of COVID smoked it because the government closed us down. Uh, the first year we had it in 18 and then whatever the year before COVID had it went great. Um, the next year government closed us down the next year ammo was so expensive and so hard to get that, uh, you know, you know, if you, even at 12 stages, five runs, a stage, you're talking 600 rounds, uh, you know, right now primers are still a little hard to get. Are, are you going to burn 600 of them on a falling steel match? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had, I think 12 people signed up and eight of them were staff. And so we're just kind of waiting for the ammo and the primer market to come back. I mean, I, I bit the bullet and paid $8 a hundred, uh, $8. Yeah. $8 a hundred. Uh, because I found them at Fleet Farm. Um, you don't usually find them here in Des Moines yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Like, you got to buy them online. I haven't been to a local gun shop quite recently, but still, like when I was, you couldn't find primers. They yeah. didn't have any. Yeah. And you could get, I, I actually bought some of those Argentina ones off of uh, Powder Valley. And my my plastic M&P will, will set them off just fine. I don't have any problems with them. Yeah, your plastic fantastics. Uh, I may I may have one of the new competitors on the way to play with. Oh, there you go. I'm just sad that it's not like a it's it's aluminum, not steel. I, yeah, I was hoping that it'd be steel. And yeah, you gain you gain like four ounces over the plastic gun. Yeah, but at least then you won't have to worry about destroying your frame practicing reloads in dry fire. Uh, this... Actually, the hard the thing I have is I can, I squeeze the grip hard enough sometimes that the mag won't come out. Mm. That could be a problem. You know, you're not supposed to have that much firing hand tension, but uh, you know, one of the things. Uh, in fact, last July I took the the Ben and Joel class, and I was diagnosed uh, as having dry fire grip, mm. and so that's been one of my focuses uh, throughout the year to. Uh, to, to really get on that grip a lot. And I've noticed a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now that I'm getting some serious pressure with that offhand, um, but occasionally I'll, I'll get it into the, the primary hand. And I had that when I shot open with a, with a polymer grip, uh, I couldn't have anything that had, that was stippled mm-hmm. because I could absolutely hold the mag in or, and I would hold the mag in and not even really realize it. Yeah, that's definitely some. I I have that kind of issue. I have too much strong hand tension, but I really have to. Like, that's like like a. If anyone's listened to Anderson, he's got like focus phrases that people say or your feel. Like mine is very much like grip, grip, grip. Here with this, but like as I do it, I clench that hand, my support hand. Yep. Really, for the fact is just to get that ingrained. You need to grip because you can kind of go fast with your finger if you grip the gun yeah well that's one of the things that i've started to even doing in my walkthrough right as, as you as you're air gunning on a walkthrough i find myself crushing my my dominant hand with the offhand because it's it's part of that 
trying to build that muscle memory um, because once the uh, once the beep goes, you know, I, I've got I'm I'm running a uh, an occluded dot, so I'm a hundred percent trying to pick a spot on every target and driving the gun as hard as I can. And Joel and I just had a conversation the other day that I came out of a match and I shot very very well. Um, you know, top ten locally. Uh, I think I was you know a, a pretty good percentage of the of of Craig. Um, and I said, you know, we we had a couple stages that had between eight and 10 pieces of steel and I went one for one out of them, but I have no memory of the dot actually ever being on the steel. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I, I have a hard time arguing with the results, but I don't know how repeatable it is. Right. Is it one of those? Did I, did, did it, did, did all the forces line up and did I, you know, did I will the bullet in so to speak, or is that, is it, I just don't remember it. Right. Cause you don't remember it. Cause you're so focused on, Hey, picking a spot on each piece of steel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is still impressive, though. Like I, I, I was impressed. I don't think I saw many occluded dots throughout the whole match, but you had an occluded dot. I was like, yes, somebody, somebody did it. Yeah, yeah. I've been running occluded dot for for quite a while. Um, I, I never did it when I shot open. It's really when I. So this will be my second year shooting carry optics. Uh, for a long time, I was a production shooter. I had a you know, I've got the Tanfos and I liked running them and they, you know, carry optics started to get popular and, and I got tired of being one of four people in production. And so I made the switch because that's where everyone is. And I, I want the competition. Um, and I've really never looked back. I don't, I, I kind of view production now as, as USPSA hard mode, right? 10 round mags, minor scoring. Um, you're making life difficult on yourself. Mm-hmm, 100%. Now, you switched to the MMPs for carry optics, but is there any thought of going and getting your Tanfolios milled for optics? No, I actually prefer the lighter gun. Uh, I've got big hands. Uh, I'm a big guy. Uh, not as big as I used to be, but I'm a big guy. And so I do not, uh, you know, I watch, I watch the gun in video. It really does not move. Mm-hmm. Easy. My dog has decided there's someone out front she has to bark at. Maybe. <laughs> oh, there's people walking by. Yep. See, they're the they are the like I have a park across from the street. Sorry to tangent, but my dot my my feet my male Reggie, uh, he's like he's the park host, so he's got to know when anyone's at the park, and he's like I I, I want to go see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just got back from our two mile walk right before we did the podcast today, so she she usually is pretty mellow after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah no i i like the plastic guns um i i did open for a while i got tired of doing the 2011 dance you know is your ammo absolutely perfect are your mags perfect is the gun gonna run uh i just i i, I got I, I lost patience and all that mm-hmm. now did you have like a custom or did you have an sti uh no i had a custom oh, okay yeah i had uh, a couple different sailor customs from Jim Anglin out of Omaha. Um, and then I had a local guy build me one and, and they ran all right. I just, I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. We will see how this weekend goes for me. I don't blame the gun. I blame me more than I blame the gun. Um, but I think 
with the accommodations that the gun can make for me, I think I shouldn't have any problems. Yeah. I, I could be, I, I don't have to be, so I don't enjoy cleaning guns. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't enjoy cleaning guns. I don't mind loading ammo. Um, but I like being able to use the cheap coated bullets. I, you know, cheap powder. Uh, I don't have to roll size the brass. Um, you know, I, I, I set my press up a little different. I load on a 650. And so I'll resize with the Dillon uh, resizer. And then the second station, I have the, the U die with the stem removed. Mm-hmm. And so then, I, and then I move the powder over one and then uh, accommodate, and then the, what is it? The Redding bullet seat crimp and then out. So I don't use a bullet feeder either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it allows me to, to, to size twice. And you, with that undersized die, you know, I, I case gauge everything that I take to a match and I'll probably have less than 1% failure. Mm-hmm. Not without roll sizing the brass. That's actually a smart idea. I didn't think about that to take the, the you know, re- decap resize in one and then it's actually. You've got yeah, you just here. you just take the take the stem out. And so you end up uh, resizing a second time with the U die. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, seating your primer and going around, and and you, it doesn't really leave. Uh, you you have no powder check, right? You mm-hmm. could still use a, a a bullet feeder, just not quite as easy. Mm-hmm. Me, I, I I've got a little touch of uh, short attention span, so two hundred rounds is about the the most I want to load at any given time, but. The, my dry fire room is also my reloading room. So I'll go down there and I turn on the music. I'll load 200 rounds. I set my timer. I do 20 minutes of dry fire minimum. If I'm enjoying it, then I'll keep going until I'm tired of it. If I'm not enjoying it, then I quit at 20 minutes. I'm just like, okay, you know, I've, I've done enough. You know, I make it 20 solid minutes. If I get squirreled and sidetrack on something, I actually stop the timer. But I try to put in that 20 minutes of effort every day. Um, you know, working on, you know, I just, and I just work on something different. Um, and, and then I have the luxury of, since I build one or two stages every week, I'm like, well, uh, your match showed me that, uh, I was not proficient at swingers. Uh, so we have had a, uh, a swinger in every stage for the last couple of weeks. And then we, uh, I have a group of guys that I travel with. Um, and then we'll, I, I kind of initiate practice sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh, this last practice session, we have a swinger that's stout enough that you can put two targets on it. Um, so that, you know, every time and they're like, well, why do you have two targets? I said, well, then one, it's two very different presentations. The one that's close to the axis doesn't move near as much. And the one that's, that's three foot out on the sticks moves a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that I had to aim, um, and, and trap the target differently. Uh, the, the low target, because the arc was so much narrower and so much shorter, I could follow it and consistently get alphas. The, the far one, I had to ambush it. The, the, it moved so fast and so much that you, I couldn't, uh, mm-hmm. so it was a, it was a nice practice session to go in and have two different types of swinger, uh, attacks. Uh, at the same with one setting of the prop that is that is beneficial that's actually nice Mm, that's an idea for us 
can give me an idea for a statement. Thanks, everybody, for stopping in the middle of this awesome conversation with Area 3 Director Scott Arnberg. But hey, we've got to plug the sponsors because it's the commercial. It's the best thing to do, the only thing to do. So let's start with the title, Go Fast, Don't Suck. Bill's producing awesome, high-quality products for the shooting sports like his match banners, his new mesh match banners that I have experienced, and they are fantastic. And I like them a lot because you can see past them with sunlight through them, so you can see behind them if there's a shooter. Um, so you don't have any of those issues, but also it shows off your sponsors just as well as the regular vinyl banners that he's been using. So check them out. Go fast. Don't suck.net. Tell him Manny sent you in the comments and move on with your day. Without further ado, we got to talk about Hunter's HD gold. Brian Conley, the hardest working man in the shooting sports going to every match possible in his mystery van um, or his truck, whatever is uh, he's running right now. I'm assuming it's the van by now that it's back up and running. Go check them out. Hunter's uh, they've got this awesome new gold cup series thing that you could win some money in a spot to nationals too. So check them out right there. Uh, we, we obviously can't forget um, my buddies over uh, at dominatedefense.com. We get the Mach 1 speed belt combo. Use the code MANNYTALKS10 for 10% off that Mach 1 speed belt combo. Um, best belt in the business. It's awesome ratchet. Handmade in Idaho. Um, great shooters like uh, Andrew Hyder, Eric Steiner, Tom Castro, Johnny Giordano use this belt just like myself, and we love it. So check that out. Manny Talks 10 for 10% off. Um, we also can't forget DivTech, DivTechShop.com. Uh, get yourself 10% off your order with the code Manny Talks Shooting for 10% off. Uh, any color under the rainbow, um, awesome high level, high strength magnets that are awesome. They're going to match your belt. They're going to match your other gear because he's got almost every color that you could need. If he doesn't have it, throw it in the comments and maybe he'll get it on the next run. But hey, you never know. Uh, anyway, Mini Talks 10, no, Mini Talks shooting for 10% off that order. Uh, we can't forget my friends Tony and Jackie over at Laugh and Load. Um, they've got the awesome Pew Time podcast whenever they do that. Awesome match shirts that uh, I appreciate, like my hosting my official Manny Talk shooting t-shirt, only available at laughandload.com. They've also got Supreme Division shirt, only shoot open because that's the best division. Um, the AFT agent shirt, like the shirt that got me hooked on them, so check them out for that one too. Uh, you can't forget, run over to uh, rangepanda.com. Uh, go get yourself some custom phone when the orders open back up for that. Um 3D printed stuff for your press, CNC stuff for your press, and awesome shooting content by Eric and, uh, and Gianni whenever they post that stuff up. It's great. Uh, shooters for the shooters, high-level shooters, so go check them out, um, rangepanda.com. Tell them Manny sent you in the comments. I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, we can't forget uh, Tim Heron, the guy who got me into the shooting sports. Uh, check him out, timheronshooting.com. He's got classes everywhere. Uh, make sure you get on them fast because they always do fill up because he is very popular in the shooting sports. So check him out right there. Um, we can't forget Outdoor Dynamics. They've got, they pull the handle so you don't have to. Um, Steve Anderson says it, so I'll say it too because they got the missiles, librarians, and Andersons. Um, so, or it's Andersons and librarians. I can't remember. But then they've also got nine major. I'm going to be doing some testing on that nine major load here for my open gun. So we'll see how that tunes out. Um, I'm really excited to actually look at it. Um, so maybe I can be lazy lazy and not have to load my own ammo but i probably still will but anyway we'll check that out and uh, let you guys know we'll do a whole video on that for sure uh we can't forget targets usa manufactures the finest steel targetry on the planet thank you steve for coming up with that because it's true jason makes awesome products innovative products that you want as a shooter and as a match director because they are innovative and they last the test of time i love the rhino knockdowns for practice i love the target stands that come up super easy the angled ones so you can put them in a match and get low boys on your range they're freaking awesome, so go check them out. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, 
Oh, Summit City Bullets, guys. Go to summitcitybullets.com. Go get yourself some bullets, some lead-coated uh, round nose, truncated cone, whatever you got, whatever they need. They've got it for you. Tell them Manny sent you. You can use the code MTS10%. Use that code and <laughs> knows that they're coming from me. But uh, go check them out. They've got green, red, black, blue. They've got a bunch of different colors. So check them out because they're right out of based out of Fort Wayne. That's awesome. We're going to be... They're going to have their banners up. Uh, they're actually sponsoring the Area 5 match coming up here very shortly. But at our local Brooklyn matches, they're going to be sponsoring some stages as well. So, hey, you'll always see their banners on the stages. Um, actually, there'll be new Go Fast, Don't Suck mesh banners. I've already got those. So, boom. Uh, we can't forget um, Chili Custom Gunworks. CCGunworks.com, guys. Go check them out. Full metal grips for your staccato. Your Prodigy. You know you need them. You want to be super tactical. You want that weight. They're fantastic. But if you're having an open gun or limited gun belt, use Chili Custom Gunworks parts because they are the finest. Um, I think that's everybody. If I forgot anybody, it's my fault. But, oh, we're at the commercial. Let me plug myself. Anyway, we're having a Tom Castro Shooting Academy class August 19th and 20th at Brooklyn Sportsman's Club. So get on that as soon as you can. It's coming up around the corner before I can even think. From the time of recording this and releasing this, it's about three months away. So we've got some time, but not a lot. So get in on that class. There's plenty of slots left. If you have questions, email me or DM me or Tom, and we'll get you squared away on that. So check that out. Um, you can go find that out on Practice Score. It's also in my link tree that you can find on every page on my Instagram um, and all that such. So go check that out. Tom Caster Shooting Me Academy class, August 19th and 20th at Brooklyn Sportsman's Club. But without further ado, let's get back into this excellent conversation with their Scott Arnberg age now. Oh, I built one that the week before that. And I had put a uh, an Ipsic target, um, and then a no shoot over the bottom of it. So the so the minimum amount of a zone available, no shoot, and then a second Ipsic target. And so when when I build a stage, I go out. We do a group walkthrough, and so that week we had like forty people, and I had the swinger set, so the target was hidden. Um, and I said, "Well, this popper activates it," and I activate it, and it went up, and I heard everyone go. Oh, and I was like, man, that was worth it. <laughs> and one of the guy, one of my local guys is kind of a sarcastic guy, uh, but a great guy. He's like, you did that just for that reaction. That was what you want. I'm like, you're right. That made my whole night. Um, so do you, you said you did a group walkthrough. Do you then not give them a walkthrough when they hit the stage or do they still get a four minute walkthrough? Uh, it's, um, we, they still get a four minute walkthrough, but what we're, what we're doing in our walkthrough is we're giving the written stage briefing because there's no true written stage briefing. It's, Hey, here's everyone, whoever designed the stage. So the way it works is I get there, I drop all the trailers. I start working on my stage. People check in with me and say, Hey, what, what needs done? Um, and then I just kind of keep it in my head. I said, okay, well, I need someone to go to Bay 5 to build the classifier. And then I remember kind of keep an eye who goes there. Um, and then I have a few other of my regulars that have been with me for a decade or more that will just show up and look for an empty bay and start to build something. And then I typically walk around to make sure the stages are legal um, and that we're, you know, they're eight round neutral, that we don't have any shoot throughs and, and minor stuff like that. Um, and then as a group, we'll go and do through the walkthrough and then whoever designed the stage will come up and say, okay, it's uh, 12 paper targets, five steel. The start position is, 
you know, toes on, marks, wrist below belt, gun loaded, holstered. Any questions? Um, and then if there's an activator, we'll show it. If not, then we move to the next stage. And that usually takes about 10 minutes, but it's worth it because then, you know, if you have four squads, there's probably five people in the in the whole place that actually listened to to one uh, of uh, listened to all the walkthroughs. So when you when the squad gets there, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember what this is. And so everyone shoots at the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We've tried having, you know, like fill out sheets for written walkthroughs and it's just never been consistent. Um, but doing the doing the group walkthrough works pretty well. And then it has everybody together for uh, announcing squads. And then we do announcements for what's going on, what we need help with, uh, things like that. Gotcha. That, that must be beneficial as well. Now, um, I listened to you on, I think it was, it was the Paracast the other day, um, where you talked about you as an RM are not one to sit in a golf cart all match. Uh, I prefer not to, no. And you, it really impressed me that um, some of the things you talked about, like you, you, you hit the stopwatch and see how fast it takes to turn a bay yep. um, and your coaching method to coach up your ROs at a, at your matches. Right. It's, it's all about building the team. Uh, my sectional, we usually put three to four, uh, staff members on each bay. Most of them are, uh, at this point, I think our home club, we have about 24 CROs and probably another 25 or six ROs. Uh, then we have some that travel, um, and so we, we have one to two CROs uh, on the on each bay, and then we'll have a few. Uh, we were early adopter for practice score, so we'll have a few who are just pure scorekeepers uh, to free that second RO up to just watch the stage. And and I kind of coach the coach people. The the guy with the timer, your job is the shooter. You don't worry about props. You don't worry about foot faults. I want you to watch that gun and give clear, concise range commands from the book. The second RO, um, you know, I want you to watch for foot faults, watch for range equipment failures, watch for any, almost everything but the gun. Um, and then the the scorekeeper, if they're an actual RO, you know, then, then they're out there as that third set of eyes. If they're just a scorekeeper, right, someone that's just knows how to run the, the, the device, um, you know, sometimes they'll pick that up, but I don't expect as much from them. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had the, the benefit of uh, some other RMs that have come to the match and volunteered, and, and it's really nice to, to, you know, be able to say, hey, here's, you know, I'm going to put you on a, a bay full of all new people. Um, and have that little stiffening, um, but <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, Scott." <laughs> yeah, but uh, the other thing I do is, as we run RO classes, then I purposefully put myself with those new ROs, and I kind of push them into getting comfortable running the timer, get up there and run it, and and help them make the calls and and build them up and build their confidence. Uh, so that, uh, you know, ultimately they become a, a better RO and in turn a better competitor because they know the rules better. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, do you find that a lot of people are timid of the timer? For good or bad, we, yes. 
Yes. A lot of people are timid of the timer. Um, not so much that they're worried about running the timer as they don't want the conflict of ever having to disqualify someone. Mm-hmm. Um, good or bad, my club has the culture uh, that, and, and we we're fortunate that we have enough ROs. Very, very rarely does a non-USPSA certified RO get a hold of the timer, mm-hmm. at, even at our club matches. Um, we know, my, my stats guy knows everybody, and so he'll move people around and make sure that we have two or three ROs per squad, or, or two or three people that we know that aren't afraid to pick up the timer. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of a little bit on the turning point of some of our uh, our more um, seasoned ROs uh, are, uh, would much rather run the timer because they can't see the tablet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we're starting, and actually we're kind of making that a little bit worse. Uh, forever we used uh, iPad minis, um, but in the last couple of years, practice score has been a little behind on, um, you know, I've wanted to, use the Bluetooth timers uh, to add that additional uh, service to shooters to be able to get the the splits and everything through the the other practice score app. I don't remember what the name of it is. Um, but uh, the the support for Bluetooth uh, timers on iPads is is spotty. So recently we've started, we found some ruggedized Android phones. Uh, they're about at that $180 price point. And so we're uh, experimenting with those. Like it's like so, as small as a phone? It's it's a phone, yeah. It's it's an actual, and in fact, my uh, my Pixel 7, I'm on number three in four months uh, because the screen keeps going bad. Um, I used one as a loaner for the last four days um, as it was a, ter- it's a, ter- one of your used to a, a modern smartphone with all the bells and whistles and you go to something that's pretty stripped down and basic mm-hmm. it was painful uh, but oh. we we originally started scoring on ipad touches that was our first devices way back and then we went from ipad touches to some android tablets but the android tablets were so slow then we went to ipads um and now we have a fleet of I think 16 iPad minis. Um, and now we're looking at the phones. And the biggest advantage we're seeing with the Android phones is battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our first, uh, so our Gen 3 iPad minis, we had new batteries put into all of them. And they still, uh, especially if it's cold at all, uh, we have to use an auxiliary battery pack. Yeah. kind of wish there was some way, some truly nice all seasons all weather kind of device that could run practice score that didn't kill the device or die on weather well these new and they're they're like doigies they were 180 dollars i think a piece through amazon uh so far they're working really good they're they're robot they're they have enough horsepower processor wise that they they work really good uh to to run practice score uh, they stay connected uh, to our Bluetooth timers, and we use the uh, Pocket Pro 2s mm-hmm. is, is my timer uh, of choice. Um, they stay connected to those really well mm-hmm. um, and still stay connected. So our range has 100 meg Wi-Fi uh, facility-wide. 
um, and it reaches clear to the back of the base. And so we run, um, you know, score logging for our club matches. Mm-hmm. And we've been, pa- we've been paperless forever. Yeah. Same here. We don't, at least at the club, at the local matches, we don't worry about score logging, but we do score logging at our major matches or when we're just making sure that everything works. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've just, we've just turned it on and, and just, uh, well, uh, when Andrew remembers to turn it on, he, he remembers most of the time. Yeah. Um, although yeah, last night I was trying to do a zoom meeting while I was running the match and, uh, our internet dropped. So that was inconvenient. I had to switch to my terrible phone quickly. Ugh. Yeah. It was not good. Yeah. That's, that's still, but yeah, I, I, I do say, I do like the pocket pro twos, um, for one reason, but I don't own a Pocket Pro 2 anymore, is that the fact that they can pick up PCC shots better. Yes. The, AMG, the, new... the AMG is nice, but that inconsistency, unless you know what you're doing with it. Yep. And the new ones are significantly more sensitive than the older versions. Mm-hmm. We just got... We just got five or six of the Bluetooth ones and they are the, the timer is a little different color blue and that's how I could tell them apart. And they are noticeably more, we actually had to turn the sensitivity down because it was picking up shots from the next bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have my, my facility. So um, our side berms are 12 feet tall and our back berm is 24. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there should be ample enough sound dampening from your bays. Yeah, but we had to turn them down just a little bit. Yeah. But so yeah, we're playing playing with that to see if that's a, a better solution. Just because it seems like the Android side of Practice Score is a little better supported. Yeah. Eventually, at some point, Practice Score two will come out, but <laughs> we might never see it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I if that I don't know if that's even in the works. Um, I mean. I, I donate personally to practice score because that app has saved me. Uh, you know, I've been around in the sport long enough that I remember bringing home a big stack of stage receipts and typing everything into easy win score, uh, and no, doing you. that too. Yes. No, thank you. Uh, it, it was not uncommon for me to be doing scores for two and a half, three hours after a match. That's, that sounds like an Andrew job. Uh, Andrew wasn't around then. He's, he was a little, he has, he's been with me for probably 10 years, but not clear back to the, I want to say we started matches in 05 is, is kind of what I think mm-hmm. is the, is the first, uh, Ankeny Ike's practical shooters, uh, match. That's a, that's, that's a good amount of time for a club to be going. Yeah. Are you the oldest club in the Iowa section? No. No, we're uh, so we are uh, IA09. So we are the ninth club in Iowa, and I think uh, I think we're up to ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. Now, are all ten or eleven clubs still active? No, no. I think there is. So there's a, a there is couple in cedar rapids some in lowell I, I think there's probably eight clubs okay 
there's a newer one up in up in Holstein, Iowa, and there's another club here in Des Moines at an indoor range. Um, it's uh, I I don't mind shooting indoors, um, uh, but outdoors is is so much better. Oh, hundred percent. For me, I can't get to a indoor match unless it's like two hours away. Yeah, it's like nope. Yeah, well, in in November, December, January, February, I drive two hours for an indoor match, um, because you know, like Michigan in in Iowa, there's a few months uh, that it's just not nice to go outside. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I I definitely understand a lot of people's complaints about that, like. Like World Speed Shooting Championship, for example, everyone's like, "It's too darn cold." <laughs> like, what? I, it was like here. forty, right? What's the problem? I mean, it's not cold, for, but for the people like us who live in the winter states, who uh, who who can't easily go shoot, it, it sucks. Yeah, but, I've I've heard some some feedback that people would prefer it to be later in the year because they don't don't feel like they have enough time to to train up to get ready for it. Yeah, but honestly, unfortunately, I I think it's it's a good time of the year because there's nothing going on in the schedule. Correct. Which makes things easier because it sucks when you you you've got nationals or ma all these major. Ma there's there's no good weekend, right? There's never a good weekend no. that's not going to conflict with something else. But uh, no, there's there's always something going on. Um, yeah. You know, I think I've got a. Uh, you know, I, I've got a major every month. Uh, it's kind of nice. I, in two weeks, I go to uh, s uh, up near Sioux Falls for the Great Plains sectional. I'm I'm the range master for that, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then after that, in June, is Cornhusker in Omaha, and um, yeah. Now, you as an RM, how involved are you in the process from? getting asked to be the range master to the day of hammer down. So for one that I'm traveling to, um, if they want me to look at stages, I will, uh, on paper. Uh, otherwise I typically let the match director design the stages and uh, get them approved by, uh, NROI. Um, and then, so like great plains, for example, I just talked to Andy on the phone today, I'm going over on Wednesday. Um, it's kind of a, a combination trip. My, my brother just moved uh, back from North Carolina, so I'm going to, and lives in Sioux Falls now. So I'm going to try to get him into practical shooting. Um, so I'm going to stay with him. We're going to go over, um, I'll go over Wednesday. Uh, unfortunately, I, I have a USPSA board meeting that night. Um, but then the, the, that Thursday I'll go over, uh, start looking at stages, help with any setup that needs finished up. Um, we'll do final setup, uh, and stage walking on Friday, staff shoot Saturday. Um, I'll shoot with the staff. Um, and then Sunday, uh, I'll just be there to, to, to serve as range master for competitors. Um, and that, and that's for, for one that I'm traveling to, that's, that's pretty consistent. Um, and for my match, for my match, then I'm much more involved uh, from setup. Uh, so our sectional, we, we have a, a typically 11 stages. We start setup Friday night uh, about 4 o'clock. Um, normally, we can get uh, the bulk of, of eight stages done uh, in that first four or five hours. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then Friday, we finish up the final two stages, get everything upped and bagged. Um, and then I, uh, I have a, uh, there's four or five of us to go around and make sure everything looks nice. Uh, we're, we're painting the walls. Uh, our walls are a, uh, a metal frame with a black mesh on it. Uh, a black plastic mesh. So we're going around and we're making sure, uh, you know, it, it we, we typically have a, the bulk of our props out. So it's a great opportunity to get some maintenance done, get paint on anything that doesn't have it uh, for water, for weather protection. We're tying down any loose mesh. Um, uh, one of the things that I've started doing is I, I quit painting fault lines uh, in advance. Uh, we put them all down on the ground, and then I get a. Uh, I I typically have a couple volunteers that that may not be able to swing hammers, uh, but if you give them a three inch roller uh, on a six foot stick, and bright yellow paint, they can go around and paint the tops of all the fault lines once they're in place. Mm-hmm. Something it, we something that we found for fault lines is the the line marking paint. Yeah. And we'll just walk around with that just behind you, just hit, hit the nozzle with it and just walk on the, hit it on the ground. Yeah. I, I'm a little OCD. I don't like how it sits on the grass that way. And with the roller, you just get the very tops. Um, and it works pretty good. We use a, uh, an oil-based bright, bright yellow paint. Um, you just got to remember that, Hey, uh, you need to give that some time to dry, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that, that's gotta be done Friday morning. Um, and so that yeah, we're just making sure everything looks good, making sure all the barrels are painted, everything's nailed down. Um, I've got uh, what my my Mister Fixit guy Earl is uh, is a genius with cabling, um, and so it's nice to be able to go to stage and say, "Hey, I want this to do this," and he'll he'll ask me a few questions about you want it to, okay to make sure he understands what I want, and then I walk away and I come back later and it does it. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, that is beneficial. Yeah, um, and he and thankfully he's followed me to Area Three again this year. So, uh, um, you know, expect uh, yellow poppers and a full stage of many targets. Oh, there you go. I, but they can all blame Matt Hopkins for that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yes, you can this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the yellow poppers. That's me because uh, that way I can say everything white in the match is a no shoot. Oh, there you go. That's not a bad idea. No shoot poppers. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Yeah, it's got your it's got your match director juices churning, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it it would definitely uh, it'd be very intriguing uh, to do that. I mean, yeah. you saw that we had that no shoot steel on one bay, and uh, yeah, I don't think that got me. Uh, I did chase the swinger into the uh, the no shoot on your little. Uh, I, I like that on your activators you built little houses for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is uh, that is a unique approach uh, that I've never seen done before. Uh, that is a I, I can't take credit for that. That is a Walt Pagel ism, and uh, it's because too cheap to buy waterproof targets, so we put. <laughs> We put housings over them to uh, just so at least it's consistent throughout the whole match. You don't have to worry about trying. The worst thing is you try to put something up to cover it and protect it from the rain after you've already set it on the ground. It's like you set it up, you plant it into your wall count, and it's, and it's yeah. there. Yeah, it's, that, it's not a bad idea. I may have to steal it. Um, 
we, have we you all... ever have you ever been down to our sectional? To, uh, never... to, no, to the not, Iowa. I have not. No, I have not. I just started. I started shooting at the very end of 2020. So I holy really... smokes, you're a you're like a newlywed. Yeah, what is I, that? Uh, uh, you find uh, friends who like you enough to keep bringing you along. Who like? Man, I think I have shooting shoes older than you've been shooting. Yeah. Yeah, so I started at the late of end of 2020 uh and kind of got really started in 21 and uh 22 was really my first big year this year. Well, 2022 was. So no, I haven't made it that far yet. It's I only have so much PTO and I've got to find time to go to certain matches and uh have carpool buddies. Yeah. Or or but yep. here's how, here's how I afford matches. I take time off work and I go work a match. So that's usually how I, I get suckered into matches. And I'm working yeah. Five, other than my own, I think I with my own sectional, I, I'm working five major matches this year. Nice, good for you. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm not as lucky. I gotta, I have to pick your brain. I have to pick Andrew's brain at some point because I got roped into being stats for Area Five. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's not bad. It's yeah. The the really is depends on do you have you know your fleet of device and as I remember you guys have a fair amount of devices. Yeah, we do. We have so. plenty of backups at, at this point. Um, we we have been smart. Every year we will buy four or five new junky you know Amazon. I can't remember what the brands are because I don't ever buy them, but someone yeah. buys them. We get new tablets, so then eventually every year there's a couple that get chucked to the wayside that are just like oh these absolutely don't work or they need right. a battery pack to turn on. So it's like. You are junk. I'm trying to remember when is Area Five. I I want to say there's something. First weekend of June, so first through the fourth. I thought I looked at going, and I think there's. Oh, I've got a company event. Um, so my company is sponsoring a uh, a car and plane show. So we have we have partnered with the uh, the Ankeny Regional Airport, and we're having a car and plane show that the all the proceeds are going to benefit the local. There's a museum at the uh, at the airport, mm. and so that's one of our one of our events of the year, and I I have to go to it um, as much as I would much rather shoot Area Five mm -hmm. or or do anything. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I can't say that. I, I it, it'll be a fun time. It's just you'd rather be shooting. Well, I'd rather be shooting than doing about anything. Yeah. It's either I'm thinking about shooting or I'm shooting or or thinking about thinking about shooting. Yeah, that's for that's how I feel some most of the time. It's just like yeah. I wish I could be on the range instead of at work, but that this yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just to get something done, like even if it's not to go shoot or anything, it's like, okay, I want to go work on this project to make this look nice because sometimes there's always those things that you as a person setting up a match appreciates, but not necessarily the competitor would care about if right. like, how, how, how nice the grounds look. Right. 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 That's one of the things coming into the, into our, you know, our sectional is I get out there. Um, I, I have the, the ability to take the whole week off. Um, and so usually the Monday, I just do nothing because I know that the rest of the week, uh, is going to be crazy. And so, um, Tuesday, uh, I'm out there and hopefully I can work with our groundskeeper to have everything mowed nice and short. 
um, but not always. And so sometimes I've got to jump on the mower and get it done um, and things like that. You're right to, to make it look nice, make sure the, the, the safe areas are cleaned out. And um, yeah, but I've got a great group of, of uh, volunteers that, that help do a lot of that stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, one of the things we added this year is, I went to was I think it's Speed Shooters Innovations that they have the the bits for the the big uh, cordless uh, hammer drills and we've we've gone we've got one and I just ordered four more of them um, of the bits and I'll buy two more drills so that uh, we can. Uh, but I tell you what, you know I, I'm a desk jockey and if you get uh, if if I've driven thirty or forty nails. Uh, I feel it in my hands. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. Pretty quickly. You, you, everyone just needs to go buy a hammer drill and in the bit and thank themselves later. Yeah. It, it's so, it's, it's so much nicer. It's, it is so much nicer. Um, I, I don't, uh, uh, and then, yeah, it's one of those things that we have the luxury that we can, you know, drop a few hundred dollars on a nice, uh, a DeWalt hammer drill and some of those bits and it's just way way nicer mm -hmm. i think we're hoping to get maybe another two more soon because we have two two drills and two dr two bits at the moment but we definitely need two more drills yeah we we got one and i don't know how we they managed to do it they broke the plastic collar already um and so i've got to figure out which parts to order to keep extras and then i just ordered more of the bits um it seems like they have a little bit of a hard time keeping them in stock uh because i've when I bought the first one, there was only one in stock. And this last one, there was only four and I bought them all. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, that, that makes a huge difference over uh, uh, we've been using a sledgehammer forever and it's just like, wow, uh, this is so much nicer. Mm -hmm. well, especially you can literally give it to anybody. You don't have to have some burly person to be like, go hammer. Correct. Down. Be like, yep. Here, little frail person, pull the trigger on this thing and put it over the, you know, put yeah, it over and there. just push push down a little bit, just lean on it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then one of our local metal fabricators made a bunch of nail pullers, so that are they're like three foot long, so you can just, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, crowbar, claw hammer, whatever. Um, it, it makes it a lot nicer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I guess that's the biggest the biggest thing that makes our match a lot uh, so much efficient is. We have uh, custom-built trailers, and so uh, you know each trailer will hold you know six or eight poppers. It holds all the wall bases. It hold you know it holds nails. It, you know it's I, I it's I, I the we use a gator with a front hitch, and I just push the trailer in onto the bay, drop it there, and everything they need to build a a thirty-two round field course is on that trailer. Um, and then when you finish at night, you tear down the stage you finish on, you just put it all back on the trailer and you're done. Mm -hmm. uh, the walls live on the bay. We just chain them up uh, to prevent, uh, um, you know, I think our range is like any other range that is uh, not, we don't have any staff. It, it's kind of member policed. Mm -hmm. uh, so anything that's not nailed down or chained down, it will eventually end up downrange and, and shot. Um, and so that we have to chain up the walls to prevent them ending up downrange and being shot. That's unfortunate. 
but uh, that's why our our event space and all of our props are all gated away right say so we don't have that so that's that's the other the other reason our base have to be cleared every time is the general membership uh so the way it works at our facility is you have a you're issued a uh, a card uh, that the computer system that runs the gate recognizes. So you swipe your card, the gate opens, you go in and shoot. Um, and then the, the system has hours that allows people uh, to shoot. So if it's too late at night, it won't open the gate for you. Mm. Makes sense. That yeah. does make sense. Well, Scott, we've been here for quite a bit. I have quite enjoyed it, but I do have a couple more questions and we'll be getting this wrapped up but um what is something if you could tell past scott so if current scott could tell past scott about you know being a shooter being an org a match organizer or just being anything really what would what would you uh enlighten yourself with the thing that took me the hardest to learn was was how to give up control um you know i i'm I'm guilty of being a, a type A personality, uh, and it uh, it took me a long time, and I think I probably alienated a few volunteers uh, when their stages, while they were technically legal, they probably were not the way that I would have done them. Uh, and it, it took me a, few, a long time to realize, hey, everybody's different. Everyone's idea of what's fun in a stage is different, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. especially at the club level when it comes to the sectional level i do take a pretty active role in, in stage design because i have um my the, the sectional that, that i run here that we run here in in, in Des Moines, or here in at ankeny at the ankeny Ikes, it's known for being a fairly technical match we will have the the fast burner stages but at the same time we're pretty famous for 40 yard mini poppers and not just one three or four of them Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, th- there was a, a target array, uh, at the last sectional that accounted for about, we had, I think 205 competitors and it accounted for 248 misses. Oof. And so what it was is in the, in, it was, uh, on a stage on a bay that's about 45 yards wide. Uh, no, it was a smaller bay. It was only 25, 30 yards wide. Uh, but in the center of it was a pair of swingers that came out from behind a wall. And when you activated them, you, you had to be at the very far corner. And so you were shooting diagonally almost all the way across the bay at a swinger. Um, you could choose to activate them both and then come back to the center and have a straight on presentation where you can see the normal swinger presentation and you can trap it at the bottom. Um, but you couldn't do that from where you activated it. Um, and that's where most people tried to shoot it from. And it, it was painful. Uh, that was, it was a very, very tough shot, but it was one that a, a least, a lesser skilled competitor you know, sure, they would have to cover a little more ground, but they could make that into a much easier shot. Most people chose not to because it's time, right? You know, that that retreat to that central position was probably 15 yards one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that was a pretty spicy shot. Um, 
and it, it, I didn't realize when I built it how bad it was. Even watching it and watching it activated and watching it through staff, I didn't realize. But I started looking through practice score and and looking at how many misses were on, and, th and that was that whole stage. Um, but I would say, you know, most people their misses were on those two swingers. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're famous for the Osceola table, which is a, I think Joel Park laid down a, a is either a twelve or a fourteen hit factor on a sixteen yard out stage with a re with a reload. Oh, that's like when they were shooting above the table and below the table. Yep, yep. That's the Osceola table. Mm -hmm. That uh, that's uh, that's a very that's that's a crowd pleaser here. Everyone likes to shoot that. It's uh, it's how fast can you go? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is pretty impressive. Just raw speed and how fast can you burn it? Yep, how fast you burn it, and, and you've got to hit your draw. You got to hit your reload. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really it really pushes the fundamentals. It's all about recoil control. Um, and, and still having a, an adequate sight picture. Um, and sometimes, you know, you have to know what is an adequate sight picture for you. Because it's different from everyone. You know. Oh, absolutely. Because I can get away with something that somebody else might not be able to get away with. Right. And, right. And I, I, if I can do it, I'm a B-class schlub. So, I mean, hopefully anyone else can do it. But Yeah. 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 But Scott, um, if people want to get a hold of you, if it's personally or for the board, where can they get a hold of you? Uh, so my USPSA email, um, the the area three at USPSA.org does work. Uh, that forwards to me. Uh, I also have scott.arnberg at USPSA.org. Um, is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, also, uh, another al uh, another alternative email is USPSA at ankeniikes.org. Uh, that goes to me also. Um, email is probably the easiest way, or uh, I, I don't post often to social media, but I am on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I, I will see the messages. Um, and uh, typically, if you send me an email, I'll reply. Uh, I much prefer to talk on the phone. Um, my my cell phone number is out there everywhere. Uh, so if you if you see it, don't don't hesitate to give me a call. Uh, I won't necessarily pick up, but I definitely will call back. One hundred percent. Well, Scott, I appreciate your time, and it's actually been fun. I've, I've quite enjoyed our conversation today of just getting to know each other a little better and uh, yeah, shooting the crap. I mean some pe more people need is just these good good hearty conversations absolutely so do you have dates for next year's michigan sectional no not yet not yet what not yet oh don't you guys move it around isn't it somewhere else didn't you tell it, me that yeah i'll explain it yeah it, it moves a little bit but we'll see we'll figure something out i gotta talk you're, to you're you're not the match director again no no why not I, because it's moving and i'm not a member of that club <laughs> well you could still be the match director I mean, kind of. It depends on their bylaws of their club. It's, it's, uh, yeah. 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 I guess that is one advantage is, is no one else has, has shown a, an interest. Uh, I wouldn't mind giving it up uh, for a year. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to not let it happen. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Scott, for coming on. I've greatly appreciated it. The listeners have greatly appreciated it as well. All right. Thank you, Manny. I appreciate it. It was no good problem. talking to you.
It is good talking to you. And listeners, until next time, get out and do things, and I will see you on the next one.